forage alone. Get my own daily snack. I know starlings are wonderful to see, but I'm an individual wanting to be me. September in England all fly close and near. It's not like other times of the year. He looked on from a branch with disdain, making his intentions clear and plain. They'll get over it, he thought. I'm right. It's crucial I'm alone in my daily flight. He flew off in the opposite direction, seeing life from a different perception. Daylight waned, giving way to night. Altogether, the starlings had a final flight. Before sunset, the background was ideal to finish their day feasting on a meal. Sly stayed at a distance, acting cool, thinking, I know the score, I'm no fool. He fell asleep when it became dark. All the birds slept on beds of bark. The sun rose valiantly against rain clouds, changing the blue sky with grey shrouds. Didn't affect the starlings, up after dark, sharing skies with blackbirds and the lark. Sly didn't change his appetite, one iota. He wasn't getting his correct daily quota. After several days, his feathers looked bleak, constantly frowning, depressed and weak. His pal settled on a branch, looking at Sly, saying, You failed, though it was a nice try. What do you mean, says Sly, I've failed. I'm still a one-off, so I prevailed. You've prevailed and made yourself ill. Don't be stupid. Join us for our next meal. I'm making sense. I'm not being bossy. Only tree berries make our feathers glossy. He told him this as he was his mate. Sly saw that his feathers looked great. Let's go, says Sly. I was wrong. I can't even chirp our starling song. They descended on a tree with red berries, so yummy, looking like little cherries. On landing, he saw loads of yellow beaks, strong and healthy, none looked weak, eating succulent juices like he'd never been fed, exploding taste buds from berries ridiculously red, fully replenished, ensuring he'd be healthy, Starling's currency making him wealthy. He accompanied the others all the way. His survival instinct had come into play. Happy now, all flew together in the rain, no longer suffering discomfort and pain. His mate said, at times we follow the big story. For well-being, we put aside personal glory. Sometimes we're together and sometimes not. Circumstances dictate. Individuals follow the plot. The Diminishing Waterhole, London, UK, 11th of the 3rd, 1996. There's a watering hole in the Kruger Park, used by all animals from dawn until dark. In 1991, there was a dreadful drought. This little tale is what this is all about. The water receded, diminishing each day. Larger predators kept smaller ones away. Thirsty land animals who trekked for miles found it shared by hippos and crocodiles. Territorial hippos, each weighing a few ton, protected themselves underwater against sun. Crocs also submerged and did patiently wait to snare any smaller animal and seal their fate. They'd catch prey in their huge jaws, gobbling them down, including their claws. Baboons used their brains to think 
As all creatures needed water to drink, Basil was one who quickly knew the score, making a small hole close by with each pour. The hole filled with water, the right stuff, getting what he needed, just enough. Others saw this was the way to go, safer than putting your body on show. Tempers frayed at this ordeal and test. It wasn't ideal, but it was for the best. A young baboon thought it took too long, thinking it was safe, and Basil was wrong. The scorching sun gave all a terrible thirst. When his hole went dry, his patience burst. I've had enough, he cried, heading to the pool, not considering his fate, acting like a fool. He started drinking, not looking at his own kind, who feared for him, thinking he'd lost his mind. Young croc jaws got him in a one-way fight as he quenched his thirst with delight.